to In the Country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our guests. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories, two great stories that get Joining me on this edition of In the Country, it's the great John Conley. His list of country hits includes Backside of 30, Common Man, I'm Only in It for the Love, and his signature song, Rose Colored Glasses. He's been a member of the Grand Ole Opry since 1981. He just released a brand new album called John Conley Classics 2, which features the new song, Walking Behind the Star. We'll hear that song and talk to John about it. Let's give a big, warm In the Country welcome to John Conley. Hey, John. Hey there, how you doing, Dave? Uh, I'm doing wonderful, and it is so great to speak with you. I've been a fan of yours uh, since way back in the day, and I've enjoyed your music so much. Well, thank you. We uh, we sure have had a lot of fun doing it over these last, well, 37 years, uh, beginning wow. in May, since Rose Colored Glasses came out, and uh, we've been at it full-time ever since, so... Hard to believe it's been that long ago, but it has. Great to have all that music and the memories over the years. Now, I think it's pretty safe to say, John, that uh, of all the songs in your career, the the one that you cannot leave out of any show is, of course, Rose Colored Glasses. It is. It's the one I never leave out of a full show, um, at, nor do I want to. I mean, first hit, the signature song, and it's mm-hmm. been made a standard now in music uh, after all these years, so... You know, that that's a rarity, so uh, I, I'm never tired of doing that song. And you had a hand in writing it, too. I did. I wrote, uh, along with a friend of mine, we both worked at a radio station here in Nashville together, and uh, I wrote the first two verses in the chorus of the song, played what I had of it for him. I, I guess I, thought, I probably thought I was through uh, with the second verse, but... <laughs> Anyway, I played what what I had of it, and he got all excited and picked up a pencil and started writing what we turned into the third verse, which does give the song a little bit of hope. You know, the third verse uh, says that uh, maybe this uh, lady will turn around at some point in time and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, come to her senses, as it were. <laughs> But these rose-colored glasses 
times Good lines The ones I used to hear When I held you And they keep me From feeling So cheated Defeated When reflections In your eyes Show me a fool These rose-colored glasses That I'm looking through Show only the beauty Cause they hide the truth So I times of trying you believe me when I say I love you and I'll lay these rose colored glasses aside these rose And your songs, right. there's so many great stories in them, Rose Colored Glasses, and one on this uh, album, Classics 2, uh, which I love, is called Pocket Full of Crosses. What a beautiful song. Tell me a bit about that one. Well, a young lady named Leslie Satcher uh, wrote it, uh, Pocket Full of Crosses, and uh, we've done a, a couple of other. We did a song that she wrote uh, called From Your Knees some time ago, I'd love her writing. There's another song on this album as well that she had a hand in uh, writing, and that's uh, uh, Bread and Water. Uh, she and Vince Gill wrote that one. But Pocket Full of Crosses, just, it, it speaks about the fact that no matter where you are, what situation you're in, you can testify your faith and, uh, and promote your faith in whatever setting you find yourself in. And that's the thing that attracted me to that song. Over the years when you've been presented with songs, John, uh, do you feel that you've got a pretty good ear? I mean, your record shows that, obviously, but do, do you feel like you know a good song when you when you hear the demo pitched to you? Well, I think I know what touches my heart. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really not much different than when you're listening to the radio and you hear a new song. Uh, as a listener, you either it either touches you or it doesn't. Sometimes they have to grow mm-hmm. on you a little bit. And the same is true yep. when you're looking for new music. But um, I look for the ones that touch my heart in some way, and that doesn't mean I have to have lived everything I sing, but uh, I at least have to empathize uh, with the storyline. And, uh, you know, and and then I go with that, and I don't limit myself. You know, when you get ready to do a new album, the first question you get from publishers and songwriters and so forth is, well, what are you looking for? Well... We're looking for a great song, and I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't uh, presuppose the subject matter or the tempos or anything else. I want you right. to play me, if you're a writer, I want you to play me the best thing you have in your pocket. 
and then uh, we'll take it from there, you know. So that's kind of the way we do it. Now, you recorded a couple of songs uh, years back uh, written by Kix Brooks, who, of course, went on to uh, big fame with Brooks and Dunn. But I'm only in it for the love and as long as I'm rocking with you. So pretty cool that you uh, recorded some of his songs early on. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm only in it for the love uh, Was is one of the few up-tempo type songs that we've done, really. I end up leaning, and I guess because they touch me more, the ballads and, and so forth seem to seem to uh, catch my ear. But every now and then we find an up-tempo thing we like. But that song got written because uh, Kix's co-writers were out buying a new piano. And when they came home with a new piano, he was sitting on their steps outside their house waiting on them. And they went in, proceeded to unpack this new piano, set it up, and started noodling on it. And that's that's really how the, uh, how the song... Uh, became written, and uh, they they proceeded to write it that night. I, I tried to encourage them. Uh, Ray Van Hoy and Deborah Allen, by the way, are the other two writers, but uh, I tried mm-hmm. to encourage them to go buy a new piano regularly and, and write as, <laughs> as a result, and then send me the song. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. Uh, yeah. John, you've been a member of the Grand Ole Opry since 1981. Well, what does the Opry mean to you and what uh, when you, you know return all after all these years and continue to return? Yeah, we're there a lot, uh, of course, and uh, proudly so. Uh, one of the things I'm most proud of in my career is that association with the Grand Ole Opry, which will be turning 90 years of age this this uh, fall. And, incredible. Um, yeah, it is incredible. And so I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I'm thankful that I got to work it with with a lot of my heroes, like little Jimmy Dickens that we just lost, of course, Uh uh, Jimmy, uh, the last connection we had to a, a whole era of country music that included Hank Williams and Uncle Dave Macon and, and all of those folks. But but I also got to work it with Minnie Pearl and Roy Acuff and Ernest Tubb, uh, Grandpa Jones, and some of those great uh, folks that we will always miss. And uh, but I'm just I'm honored to be able to help carry forward uh, a little longer for the Grand Ole Opry. Now, before you got into music, and I know that music found you early on, John, but you had a couple of careers. Uh, one is a mortician, and then one is a disc jockey, which is, of course, closer to music. Tim, tell me a bit about those careers before you uh, became a singer. Well, and the, and the one, we may as well go all the way back, because the farm was the very first thing that I was exposed to. I was raised on a farm in Kentucky, and have still operated, as a matter of fact. We still have it, but... Uh, uh, so from the farm to the funeral profession, I started working part-time in high school at a local funeral home, became so interested in it that I decided to pursue it long enough to get my licenses, and I did that. Spent six years doing that, and, I, and I, I really, I think I learned more about people doing that than maybe anything else I could have done, but I still had an old itch to try radio. Uh, I fell in love with radio at an early age when I was a kid, and uh, so I said, well, I've either got a become more involved in, uh, try to become involved in ownership at a funeral home, or I better scratch this other itch and just try it and see. Well, Mm -hmm. when I tried it, I never looked back. (laughs) I kept going and ended up in Nashville radio, which is what allowed me to turn the hobby of music into a career eventually. That is amazing, and the rest, as they say, is history. And one, you know, a couple of the songs we'll talk about over the years. People love to hear stories behind the songs. Uh, I don't remember loving you. Great classic song. Uh, what can you tell us about that one, John? Well, Harlan Howard and Bobby Braddock are the writers of that, and Harlan told me that he got the idea for the song 
years before when uh, his wife was uh, was actually in an institution. He'd go visit her and so forth for a while. And, uh, and that's where the idea came to him. And he wrote it down, stuck it in a drawer, never did anything with it. And then he and Bobby got together sometime later, years later, and uh, and they used that seed as the uh, as the uh, genesis for the for writing the song. And it's it is one of our most requested songs. Isn't that something? It's a great great song. And on the new album, uh, John Conley Classics Two, our listeners can head to iTunes to get the album. One of the right. one of the songs is called "The In Crowd." And what can you tell me about the In Crowd, John? Well, the In Crowd was a, a song that we released as a single uh, back in the very beginning, before Rose Colored Glasses. It came out as, I believe it was our third single, and uh, it didn't work as a single. However, we later put it on an album, and it became, people discovered it from the album. And so, because we had so many requests for it, we decided to uh, to make it available yet again, and uh it's a great family storyline. Uh, you know, it's misleading when you say the in crowd. People think of the old uh, kind of rock in crowd song that talks about uh, partying and so forth. And this one talks about partying too, but it's with the family. It's five o'clock. And one more working day is finally at an end. I hurry from my job and start the car and fight the traffic once again. Driving down the interstate, my attention eases as the traffic thin. And I leave my worries far behind and wonder. What the in crowd might be doing Farther down the road A pretty woman's waiting with a drink for me And there's a lot of woman there And pretty soon that's where I'm gonna be I'm the only one that's missing I'm the one the in crowd's waiting for And to drive around the back and leave the car Then I open up the door And there stands the
you know, and and that's a great thing. I love the uh, the family messages in your songs, including old school. That's somebody who you know doesn't want to uh, go back with an old flame. And so there's a lot of great, uh, I guess, messages in your songs that that help keep families together. Oh well, I hope so. Uh, old school is one of my favorites too. I, it's what I call a, a one listen song. In other words. Every now and then a song comes along when you're looking for new material, and you only have to hear it once to know that you must do it. And that was the case right. with old school. And uh, many, t- most of the time, that's not true. Most of the time, just like people listening to the radio, you have to l- hear a song a number of times before you even know if you like it or not. And mm-hmm. uh, But anyway, that song was pitched to us between sessions when we were recording, uh, back years ago, and uh, we bumped something else and included it in the afternoon session because we liked it so much. <laughs> I love hearing those stories, you know, the last-minute songs that come along, and they seem to do really well. I wanted to ask you, too, about, you mentioned earlier, John, about the farms, the family farm you still have in Kentucky, and you've got a farm in Tennessee. Tell right. me about life on the farm. Well, it's... Uh, as John Denver sang, kind of laid back <laughs> at, at times. It, it is, right. There's always something to do, that's for sure. You never get caught up. You never get finished uh, around a farm. And um, But I, I wouldn't live any other way. I, I lived in town for just a, a few years with, my, uh, with a couple of my other careers, and uh, mm-hmm. I was able to get back to the country in uh, in 1982 and or 81 actually and uh, I, I I hope never to have to live in a in an urban setting again. Uh, I'm close enough to get to uh, to the stores and so forth, but uh, I right. like that open, fresh country sunshine air. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Sounds like a great life. When you're performing at uh, shows, obviously uh, people from the generations that grew up on your music know and love your music. Do you find that the, the children they're bringing, you know, who, who are ye- not young enough to have heard the songs on the radio back in the day, are getting into your music? It is amazing to me how often I look out in the crowd and I see uh, 20-somethings, uh, in some cases teenagers, uh, singing along with songs that weren't even... I mean, they weren't born when these things came out, right? And uh, so that that tells me that they have great parents who've raised them well. <laughs> but I, you know, I I'll tell that. you, even more than that, what it tells me is that great songs. And and I, you know, I've only written a couple of the of our singles, "Rose Colored Glasses" and "Backside of 30. Everything else has been written by the full time songwriters who do it so well. But it just tells me that great songs uh, don't have a time limit and, and a time frame, and uh, and I'm very proud of that. And, you know, there's all these surveys with the greatest country songs of all time, and s- certain ones make it into the top five. At least He Stopped Loving Her Today, the George Jones classic, is usually at the top of those lists. But could you throw out a couple of standards, c- country classics to you, that you think are just, wow, the best that country music has? That's uh, the, see. That's the trouble with those lists because they're so subjective, of course, to who is yeah. who's answering the question. Uh, but I mean, I can uh, almost anything by Hank Williams <laughs> would probably uh, qualify. Yep. Country's Family Reunion is such a great uh, series of shows. People can catch them on YouTube. They can buy them, of course, online. And uh, Bill Anderson does a lot of the hosting. It's all the great right. classic country artists like yourself singing your hits. What, what, what is that experience like for you to be part of those shows? It's always fun for me because 
even though uh, everybody that appears on the show, uh, for the most part, I've known for years and years, a lot of them, and, um, and even though we know each other, I still always hear stories that I never knew before, and I learn things mm-hmm. I never knew about them before. Uh, I don't do as much talking as some do. Uh, I, sp- I spend my time sitting back listening. And also the music is fun to fool with, you know, in a live-type setting, because when they roll tape, they don't, you know, there is no take two. Uh, what you see on the show is the way it went down, basically. And uh, they don't, I, I can only remember in all the ones I've done, uh, going back to kind of redo something uh, once or twice in, in all these years. And I appreciate wow. it's, it's It's like watching a live show, literally. That's great. I'll encourage our listeners to check uh, those shows out. Country's Family Reunion are just wonderful. Uh, your new album, Classics 2, which uh, is available at iTunes. People can check that out. One of the songs in there, John, is called Walking Behind the Star, and uh, it's a tribute to law enforcement, and I know you recorded it for uh, just how meaningful the song is to you and many others. Tell me about this song. It's a song that was written 16 years ago by uh, Phil Thomas and Ronnie Scaife, and uh, they, when they wrote it all that time ago, and the and the the, the idea was born because uh, Phil, Phil Thomas is he had a grandfather and a great grandfather uh, who were both members of the sheriff's departments in their, uh, I think around Memphis maybe, uh, maybe Texas I'm not sure but at any rate uh, they were former sheriff's department folks, and that's what gave him the idea to write it and but nobody recorded it back when they did it. And I think they maybe just were planting a seed that was due to sprout now because, you know, uh, in our right here in the United States, our law enforcement is under attack, literally, to the point of being assassinated. Uh, they're they're just under uh, attack in so many different ways. And I, we just wanted to get a message out there that number one, they're the only thing that stands between peace and anarchy. Uh, in our societies, and uh, and we need to remember that, and we need to thank them for the job they do because it's got to be discouraging for them to be uh, to be the first to be doubted in any situation. First of all, uh, and uh, so we just wanted to give them a pat on the back and and say job well done. It's a great song, and it does express that uh, sentiment in it very well. Our listeners are going to enjoy it here on the show. needed taming a special breed was born instilled with the courage to walk behind the star and make us stand for the rights of man knowing it could mean their life but somebody had to draw the line between wrong and right Nowadays it's not much different Just the uniforms have changed Good folk need protecting Where evil still remains So God bless all the women and men Sworn to uphold the law And thank him for the fallen one the ones who gave it all Walking behind the star Red 
And another big honor in your career, John, is your induction back in 2006 into the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame. Of course, being born and, and living in Kentucky, that, that must be a great honor for you. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you, uh, I think, can be recognized by your home folks, your peers, you know, that's always uh, means a little more maybe than some of the other things that come your way. But uh, mm-hmm. I am proud of that. Kentucky Music Hall of Fame also uh, recognizes uh, not just country and, and bluegrass music, but anybody who's made their mark in, in music from the state uh, can be in the, in the hall. And as an example of that, uh, members also include Rosemary Clooney and Lionel Hampton and Mary Travers from Peter, Paul, and Mary, people that had uh, success in other avenues of music. And uh, I appreciate that about the hall. Well, that's one of many great honors you have, also a Grand Ole Opry member since 1981, and all the great hits, including your signature song, way back in the beginning, Rose Colored Glasses, to all the hits uh, to present. The album uh, that is out now, Classics 2, our listeners can head to iTunes, and they can uh, check you out at johnconley.com. John, it's been a pleasure. I've been a fan, as I said, since way back, including the song literally called Way Back. Uh, it's been right. great having you on the show. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and we'll uh, hope to talk to you again soon. My guest has been country legend John Conley. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.